Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Political hitmen. Hi, I'm Howie Sobiger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. We have a unbelievably great show in for you tonight. Today. It depends where you are. Some places night, some places day. But we have a great show in for you. I mean, we have people listening from all over the world. We have people from the United States, from Israel, from Iran, from the United Kingdom, from Australia, from Germany. So everywhere we go, it's a different time. So, but we have a great show for you. And, and that's all that matters, really, is how good the show is. It doesn't matter where you're listening from. It just matters how good the show is. So so we have a good one. So keep listening and call in. Numbers to call, 301-768-4841. That's the number in North America. If you're outside of North America, if you're in Israel, the number is 0265-00151. And, um, and, and I'm telling you, I'm excited this week. This is This is an exciting week. We are at a week leading up to the Jewish New Year. It, it makes me excited. I'm very happy that we're 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 coming up to the Jewish New Year. Uh, it, it is one of my you know holiday season. Who who could who could not like holiday season? I, I love holiday season, and 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 the reason I love holiday season it, there's a couple of reasons for it. But one of the main reasons I love holiday season is is um is the family time. Really, uh, you know, we're so busy. Uh, in life, we're, we're always so busy that we hardly have time to uh, to spend with our families. You know, we we live in a world that that insists on the rat race. We live in a world that insists on on us being on us being uh, you know super busy all the time. We have to keep up with everybody. We have to keep up with the Joneses, and, and so we're always busy trying to keep up with everything. Trying to uh, trying to make more money, more money. I mean, that's that's all that seems to matter in the world today is money, money, money. And so, and so we we work hard, and we we work tremendous amount of hours to make money, and the money is supposed to keep us happy. But does it really do that? Probably not. I, I don't I don't think money really keeps most of us happy. But you know what really makes me happy is family time. Is the stuff that matters. Uh, I, I don't care too much about money. Uh, look, nobody likes to be undervalued, and everyone likes to be paid paid what they deserve for the job that they're doing. Don't get me wrong. Money money is a factor in life and if you don't have it you you can't really you can't really exist in, in today's society. So so money's important. But but it shouldn't be the end all and is all of everything that you do. Your your life shouldn't surround it shouldn't 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 be defined by how much money you make. Your life shouldn't be defined on how much you own and how much you uh and how much you have accumulated over your life? Because you know, at the end of the day, uh, when 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 the time comes, you're leaving, and you're not taking anything with you. So so everything that you've you've earned over the course of your lifetime, everything that you've made, all those all those great sacrifices you made, and all the uh, all the um, all that money that you've accumulated, just just goes to the ether. It doesn't it doesn't come with you. So so your hard work just 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 dissipates and in two three generations nobody even remembers how hard you worked and how you made that money and and so so it's important to remember that that's that you know it's important to put life into perspective and to to realize that 
that that money isn't everything. And sometimes you gotta you gotta work just because you enjoy doing what you're doing. Sometimes you gotta uh, sometimes you gotta you gotta sit back. You gotta take a step back, and you have to realize that uh, that family is very important, and and children need the love of their parents, and 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 siblings and 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 spouses need the love of need your love too, and, and you need to take a break. You know, they say there, there, there was a statistic that came out not long ago that talked about obesity in America. And they were fretting. They were, they were, they were worried. They were, they were crazy about obesity in America. Why are Americans so fat? That was the question. Why are Americans so fat? And it's a good question. Why are Americans so fat? And the simple answer is because they, they eat too much. <laughs> that, that's the simple answer. They eat too much. So, so then they went and asked the question: Why do Americans eat too much? What, what is the, what, what, what is the reason for, for, for the binge eating that Americans do? And, and Americans eat more than anybody else in, in, in the world. Really, the, their portion sizes are bigger. Everything in America is bigger than anywhere else in the world. So, why is that the case? And, and the study went and, and, and concluded that the reason that the American, um food portions are bigger than anywhere else in the world it's because americans are inherently unhappy and i thought that was a fascinating response that was a fascinating conclusion that came out of that that came out of that study americans are inherently unhappy now when you look at america you think wow these are the happiest people in the world look at this i mean you know you have more millionaires in america than you have in any other country you have yeah you have people living high standards of life you have people living really low standards of life but there's a lot of people in America who live high standards of life. America portrays itself as the happiest place on earth. More happy than Disney, I guess. And yet, the study shows that Americans are unhappy and they're binge eating because they're unhappy. And the obesity level in America is, is huge because Americans are unhappy. So what's making America unhappy? Why, why are Americans unhappy? I have a few ideas. I'm sure you do too. You can feel free to call in and share your ideas right here on a, on, on, on Political Hitman. Number, number to call, 301-768-4841 in North America and Israel, 0265-00151. Those numbers can be found on the top of the page at israelnewstalkradio.com. You can call in and share your opinion on why you think Americans are so unhappy. Um I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a little brief opinion of mine. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I think Americans are unhappy because they're so busy trying to keep up with each other. They're so busy trying to compete with each other. They're so busy trying to be like each other that they've forgotten. They've forgotten the important stuff in life. This is what makes them unhappy. Uh, their bodies know. Their brains know. Their subconscious knows that they shouldn't be doing what they're doing. Yet they're doing it, and that makes them unhappy. So if we put this into the greater context of, uh, uh, of life, now that we're coming up to the Jewish New Year and, uh, and, and we're, 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 we're looking forward to starting a new year, starting fresh, starting, starting out a, uh, a, brand new, a brand new cycle, uh, I can't help but think once again about the Ten Commandments. Now, I know we don't read the Ten Commandments any time around this year, this time of year, but, uh, but, but the Ten Commandments. So, so the Ten Commandments were given to us by God, and and the purpose of the Ten Commandments was to uh, to give a, a set of rules that, if followed, would would make the population happy. 
we would keep the population in order and everybody would be happy. And one of those rules was that you shouldn't keep up with the Joneses. You shouldn't be jealous of your neighbor's goods. You, you shouldn't envy what your neighbor has. You should be happy with what you have. That, that is one of the Ten Commandments. And, and so because we'd stopped following the Ten Commandments, because we've degraded religion to a point where the Ten Commandments mean nothing, we've degraded religion to a point where it became a dirty word in, in North America. We've degraded religion to a point where religious people are considered the kooks. And people who disparage religion, people who hate religion, people who, who speak out against religion and, and, and act and act totally irreligiously are considered the heroes. Since we've entered a world where we're, we're, which has gone totally upside down, and, and now we're, we're, kind of, we're kind of stuck in this world, people are unhappy. Uh, the formula is simple. Yet, yet nobody wants to admit that the formula is simple. Uh, think back. Yeah, and I'm not old enough to remember this, but I'm sure I'm sure some people listening might be. And back in the, well, I I've seen movies and I, I've seen television shows which which depict this, and movies and television shows generally uh, generally reflect the era that they're made in. And if you notice that the TV shows and the movies that we we see today are are extremely sad, they're extremely extremely sad movies and sad television shows. Uh, if you if you notice that uh, they reflect the era that they, they were made in. If you look back in the nineteen fifties, you, you'll notice that uh, that 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 everything was upbeat. Everybody was happy. They had just come through a depression. They were out of the depression. They were they were starting to make money again. Uh, sure, the Cold War was happening, and and sure the uh, the nuclear threat was there, but but in general people were happy. Uh, if you go into the sixties and the seventies. The 60s, people seemed happy, really happy in the 60s. That might have been chemically induced, but they were happy. And, and you go into the 70s, you start seeing people getting upset. And people started, and then TV shows started not being happy TV shows. But you know what else television did? And television was the social media of its day. And it destroyed, it destroyed the world. It really destroyed um, a lot of what we... Um, of, of morality, it destroyed a lot of uh, of the of the um, of the structure of of world structure. It destroyed family values, that's for sure. It degraded the father, that's for sure. Television did a lot of damage, and then social media finished us off. So, uh, you know, I, I want to go a little deeper into television and what television did to to the family structure. And I'm hoping that as we come into this new year and as we start over again, we could maybe, perhaps, maybe just a little bit, try to recreate what has been destroyed and try to recreate the feeling of, um, uh, of, of, uh, of what it was. We, we could turn the thing around, but it, but it takes a lot of us to do that. So, so me talking about it won't necessarily make a huge change. But, but you talking about it and you listening to it and you trying to do things on your end, you know, one person could change the world, but, you know, hundreds and thousands of people could really change it. And let's try to bring family values back. Let's try, let's try to recreate what we had when morality ruled, when family values ruled, and when the world was more of a normal place. I'm Howie Silberger. This is Political Hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. We'll be back just after this.
political hitmen. I'm Howie Silberger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. Feel free to call in. Numbers in North America, 301-768-4841. In Israel, the number is 0265-00151. Those numbers can be found on the top of the page at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. So, television destroyed the world. Social media finished it off. So what do I mean by that? What do I mean by television destroyed the world and social media finished it off? Uh, it, it, it's quite simple. In the 1950s, we had shows on television. There were shows on television like Father's Knows Best, like Leave it to Beaver, and then a whole bunch of shows in that vein where, where they showed a traditional family. The traditional family was the father, the mother, and, and a bunch of kids. It doesn't matter how many kids. Usually it's two and a half, three kids, three, four kids. Um, and, and, and that family structure was the, was the basis of the family. So the father was the authoritative figure and the, and the knowledgeable figure. Father knows best. So if you had a problem, you went to the father and you asked the father to help you. The mother was a homemaker usually in these shows and she took care of the children and she, uh, she instilled the moral values of the day into her children. So if her children came home crying that, uh, they were being, bullied at school or crying that uh, that something happened, they lost their frog, they lost their whatever, she would be there to give them the moral support and motherly support. The father would give them sage advice and the kids would be relatively polite. Now, it might have been an exaggeration of the of the, of the real family uh, real family structure, but, but it was the general family structure. Um, men and women were married together and had children and lived in houses. That that was traditionally the family structure. When you moved into the uh, into the sixties, you had the same story. You moved into the seventies, things started changing. And when things start changing on television, as I said before, television reflects reflects society. So when things started changing on television, society started changing. So so at the beginning of the seventies, uh, in the early seventies, you had shows like Happy Days which still had the traditional family values and still had the kids going to the father and asking the father for advice. When you got to the mid seventies, you ended up, you, you, you started having shows like, like, like all in the family. Now it was a great show. It broke a lot of barriers on, on television. It, it confronted racism head on, but it also degraded the father figure. Archie Bunker was the father on all in the family. Archie Bunker was a, was a great character. He, he was a super character. Uh, but his son-in-law, the liberal, so Archie was the conservative and his son-in-law was the liberal, and, and the liberal always bested the conservative. So the conservative would, 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 would make his point, and sometimes it was a valid point, sometimes it was an exaggerated point, and the liberal son-in-law would always be able to counter that point and at the end beat the father. And so from the father having sage advice in the 50s, in the 70s, the father's advice suddenly wasn't so, wasn't so important. Uh, the father's advice was, uh, was, 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 was he was a buffoon, the father. He, he, was a, he was a screeching, he was a screeching, screaming racist. But who was the smart one? The son. The son replaced the father. 
and this diminished the father figure in society. This was the first show that diminished the father figure in society. And then things went, went from bad to worse. So in the 1980s, the early 1980s, a show called Married with Children came out. And uh, it launched the Fox Network. And Married with Children was a, was a show that the father was a complete buffoon. The, the mother wasn't, wasn't much better than the father, but she was a little smarter than he was. And the kids ruled the roost, really. And, and it diminished the entire family structure. And, 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 the, and the father became a buffoon. Just before Married with Children came out, you had shows like Mary Tyler Moore, which said, we don't even need a father. Who needs a man? I am a woman. I am independent. I can live on my own. I don't need a man. I don't need any of that. So then you get to the late 80s and you have shows like Grace Under Fire, where, where it's a single mother. So now the father figure has been totally removed from the family. And so on and so on and so on until you get to The Simpsons, where, where the father's the complete idiot. And Family Guy, where you know the father barely has a brain cell. So what was the purpose of, of, the, of, of the media, of, of television, diminishing the father figure to, to, to Peter Griffin? of Family Guy. It was, it was pushing a political agenda. And that's what television did for years and still does today. They write political agendas into their television shows. Now, when you write a political agenda into your television show, what you are doing is you are indoctrinating the nation. You are telling the nation that this is the correct way to think. This is the correct value system. And if you don't believe in this value system, well, then, then you don't belong in America. And that, that's what they were doing. They, they were eliminating the authoritative father figure and the, the father knows best kind of figure. And they were replacing him with the independent woman and the independent child. And once you remove that family structure, once you remove the, the idea, the concept that, that a family unit is a, is a strength and you make a family unit a weakness, what you end up with is people, people who are lost. And if you look around the world today, that's what we find. We find people who are lost. They, they grew up they grew up with no family units, so there was no, there was no distinct, um, distinct uh, structure, no distinct family structure in their lives. And then when, when you remove the strong family unit, you remove the strong, the strong leadership of the family, uh, you also have to start 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 removing some of the things that the strong leadership would give. So, so suddenly uh, nobody lost a baseball game because they stopped keeping score because somebody's feelings might get hurt. Everybody got a participation medal because you can't give the winners a trophy and not give everybody else a trophy because somebody's feelings might get hurt. We stopped teaching people how, the, the agony of defeat. We stop teaching people that, that you're not always a winner. Sometimes you lose. We stop giving those life lessons. And when what happened was when we stopped giving those life lessons, we started getting a society. When, when these kids grew up and they grew up not knowing uh, losing anything, they grew up very entitled because they were always winners. We end up in a society where where, where people don't know how to speak to each other. They don't know how to take uh, the fact that, that they don't understand the fact that their opinion is not always right. 
that somebody else might have a varying opinion. Somebody else might disagree with them. That when they apply for a job, they might not always get that job. That, that somebody else might get the job. They might lose out on a job or they might lose out on something they really want. They've never experienced that before. And when they don't experience that, and when they start experiencing that for the first time as an adult, they have meltdowns. The, 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 you talk to any psychiatrist, and they will tell you that they are busy from day to night with young people who are complaining to them, who are, who, are, who, are, who are generally upset. And, you know, I can't even mock this because they were raised to be like this, who are genuinely upset about the fact that they've lost something, that, that, they, that they didn't get a job or they, they, they didn't get what they wanted. Because growing up, they had never experienced that. And it psychologically messed them up. It sounds like a joke. And I know, I know some older people are probably laughing about this. But but it's really not funny because this is the this is the generation that's going to be leading the world, uh, or supposed to be leading the world even today. They don't know how to lose, and they don't know what it is to 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 fall and then to pick themselves up and start working again, to to uh, to 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 retie the shoelace and start running again. I I, I hate these analogies, but 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 you know what I mean. They don't know what that means. They've never felt it. They've never experienced it. And they've never been allowed to feel it. And here they are living in a world which, which, which was rejecting them. So what did they do? They started this craziness that we're seeing today. Because in a world where, where, where you've never been rejected, where everything has always, been, has always gone your way, and now suddenly they're rejecting you, you got to rebel somewhere. And so the rebellion came out in, in, in short spurts. So suddenly, suddenly they, they started, you know, these, 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 these unfortunate people started saying, okay, if I can't win, if I can't win in this area, or if I did win in this area, then I have to win in, some, in another area. It has to come out somewhere. So suddenly you see people arguing that there's no gender. Suddenly you see people arguing that, that men could be women, women could be men. It's okay for men to have babies. They're, they're arguing against science. They're arguing against themselves. They don't even know what to argue anymore. And it's all a desperate plea for attention, all a desperate plea because they never learned how to lose. It's all, it's all desperation of, of a generation of people who grew up being coddled grew up and living in a bubble and now have no idea how to live in the real world. And unfortunately, unfortunately, the generation before them caused this problem. So, so you, can't blame, you can't blame the woke people. You can't blame the people who are coming with all these crazy theories and, and, and running with them. You can't blame them because they're lost. And they're lost because they're, the generation before them didn't teach them how to live in the real world. They taught them some kind of utopia that doesn't exist. I'm Howie Silverger. This is Political Hitman here on Israel. News Talk Radio.
political hitman. I'm Howie Selberger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. Feel free to join in on the conversation. We'd love to talk to you. You can call in in North America, 301-768-4841. In Israel, the number is 0265-00151. Uh, those numbers, are, of course, are available on the top of the page at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. So uh, feel free to go to IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, look at the numbers, and dial in. So we, we, we've taken a look at, at some of the cause. I can't say it's the only cause, uh, I know I'm making it sound like it's the only cause of the craziness we're we're experiencing this you know today. It's not the only cause of the craziness, but it is a major cause. Is the destruction of family values? We we we're living in a world that has uh, that has pretty much imploded. It's self-destructed, and and I don't know. I'm I'm not so sure that there's a way to bring it back to where it should be. But what we could start doing. Is we could start, we could start respecting, at least the Ten Commandments. Uh, at least we could, we could honor the Ten Commandments, and we could, we could follow them to the best of our abilities. So, so one of the things in the Ten Commandments, one of the, one of the one of the main commandments, well, all ten of them are main commandments, but one of the one of the one of the commandments are, uh, is uh, don't covet your neighbor's good. Don't be jealous of your neighbors. You know, if everybody in the world followed that commandment. If everybody in the world took that one, just that one seriously, and followed that commandment seriously, half of the problems of the world would disappear. The rat race would disappear. The, the, the idea that you have to be as good as your neighbor, that you have to make as much money as the next guy, would disappear. The idea that you have to own the latest car and that you have to own the latest uh, whatever would disappear. All that would just vanish overnight if everybody decided to take it upon themselves to not covet their neighbor's good. I don't care what you have in your home. I don't care what you bought yesterday, and I don't care what you're buying tomorrow. It has nothing to do with me. Enjoy it. I could be happy that you could afford it. I could be happy that you have it, and I don't need it. I don't want it, and I don't need it. If everyone could take on that attitude, and everyone could say, I'm happy with what I have, the world would be a totally different place. If everybody took on the, the commandments to honor your parents, the world would be a totally different place. And, and if everyone took on the, 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 the commandment of don't steal, the world would be a totally different place. Each commandment, if we took on each commandment, or if half the world took on one commandment and the other half the world took on some of the other ones, the world would be a much better place to live in. It would be a much nicer place to live in. But unfortunately, unfortunately, the world as we know it today has has dropped that criteria. They've dropped the Ten Commandments. They're, they're not even interested in them anymore. And it's kind of scary to live in a world where, where, the, where a good portion of the world says that God doesn't even exist. Is it's a scary proposition. Because when you get rid of God and you get rid of family values and you get rid of morality, because you can't have morality if you don't have God and you don't have family values, morality doesn't exist. 
then you're basically living in a gutter world. You're basically living in a world uh, that's in the sewer. A world that 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 really has no purpose. There's no purpose to the world. If the Ten Commandments didn't say you shouldn't kill, and and if laws, if Western laws weren't based on the Ten Commandments, which which majority of Western laws are, then we would all be killing each other. We'd all be murdering each other. This would just be a, a common thing. We'd be walking around killing each other. We don't kill each other because the Ten Commandments tell us not to. And and laws, the lawmakers took that law and said, "Hey, it's a good idea not to let people walk around killing each other." And took that idea and ran with it. If we just took upon ourselves every Rosh Hashanah, every Jewish New Year. Now you could do it any time during the year, but but now that we're coming up to Jewish New Year, if we took upon ourselves and said, "All right, I'm going to take one of the Ten Commandments." Just one of them. And I'm going to look at that commandment and I'm going to see how I can apply that commandment to my life. Just one. Any one of them. How could I apply the commandment to my life? How could I better my life by following that commandment a little more seriously? If everybody in the world did that uh, this week or next week, Imagine how the world would change. Imagine what kind of world we would be. Don't steal. That's the easy one. You could take that one. And you could take it. And you could um, follow it. And if you keep following and you and, and you could relate it to your life, you take a look at your life and see how have I been violating that commandment? Remember years ago I was working in a uh, I was working in a restaurant and the restaurant owner what well, was a religious guy. And and he said to me, uh, look, you know, um, some days uh you know, just, just you know, uh, don't punch in a couple of uh, sales because I don't want to pay the taxes on them. And I said to him, I'm sorry, that's dishonest. I can't do that. Uh, I, I won't be dishonest. I, I don't steal. Even from the government, I don't steal. He said, it's okay to steal from the government. I said, no, no, it's not okay to steal from the government. I said, you know, you know what are the Ten Commandments, right? You don't steal. It's clear. It's there in black and white. I'm not going to do it. And I absolutely refused. He didn't fire me. Surprisingly, he didn't fire me. But he didn't skim off the top anymore either. Because he said, you know, you are right, he said to me. If I'm going to be a religious person and I'm going to say that I, that I follow the rules of Judaism, then I'm not going to do what I was doing before. I'm going to better myself. I'm going to better my life. I'm going to take your advice. I'm going to look at the Ten Commandments. And I'm going to say, yes, I am now following them as much as I can. Nobody's perfect. Everybody has lapses. There's nothing in the world that's perfect except for God. Nothing else is perfect. So you could have a lapse. I could have a lapse. Anybody could have a lapse. And that's fine. It's perfectly okay to have a lapse. But if you are making a sincere effort to better your life, 
you make a sincere effort to to move forward and to be part of 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 a moral valued system then we could change the world together uh, we have to bring back family values we have to bring back the traditional the traditional family structure we have to bring back morality into the world we have to bring it back if we don't bring it back this world is going to self-destruct societies are going to collapse they're already starting to collapse and they're collapsing on their own weight because there's no foundation we've taken the foundation away from society and society is collapsing when people are being attacked in broad daylight in new york city Jews are being attacked in broad daylight like New York City. It's been happening for years already. I've been talking about it on this show for two years. That Jews in broad daylight, in middle of Times Square, are being attacked. In middle of, Will- in middle of Williamsburg, are being attacked. Why are people attacking Jews? Simply because, and, and this, is, this, is, this is, I honestly believe this. People are attacking Jews because Jews represent morality, family values, and a proper world structure. So they're being attacked. It is a metaphor. Unfortunately, people are being hurt, but it could also be looked at as a metaphor. Secularism is attacking religionism. Secularism is trying to eat the religious. And they're trying to eat the religious because they know that the structure of religion, the structure of family, the structure of, of, of morality will destroy them. It's a battle for survival. That's, that's what it is. That's what it is. When, when people get up and start screaming that they, they, need, they need this right, they need that right, and, and and we have to recognize mental illness, and we have to recognize uh, and di- di- different kinds of mental illness as normal. Instead of getting poor people who are sick help, we have to recognize it as normal. When when we start doing that, when we start bowing to, to to the forces that are trying to change the world in a negative way, then we're losing the war. And yes, it's easier to lose the war. It's easier to sit back and say, whatever you say is perfect. Not too many people have the guts to get up and to, to, to stand tall and to stand nose to nose and say, this is insane. I'm not going to follow this. I'm not going to believe this. People are afraid. Well, what are they afraid of? Well, if you say something against the woke movement, they're going to come attack you. You won't be able to get a job. People are afraid. I can't get a job. Uh, if I can't get a job, I can't feed my family. If I can't feed my family, my wife and my kids are going to leave me. That's what people are afraid of. And I understand that fear. And I understand that not too many people are willing to sacrifice themselves for the greater good. But you know what? If everybody who believes in morality and everybody who believes in family values and everybody who believes that what's happening in the world is wrong decides that on Jewish New Year, on Rosh Hashanah, which is coming up at the end of the week, they will stand up and say, 
not on my watch. If everybody decided to do that, then the repercussions are much less. There's a power in numbers. And unfortunately, the, the forces of good, the forces of, of morality, the forces of family values have not been able to grab the numbers that they need in order to fight back. It's much easier to give in to the masses and say, okay, whatever stupidity that you're, you're throwing at me today, I'm going to accept it. It's so much easier to do that. I know. But sometimes it is important to step out of your comfort zone. Sometimes it's important to say, you know what? Some things are on a hill that's worth dying on. And sometimes it's important to take a stand, to stand up and to fight back, to stand up and to say, I'm not going to take this anymore. This is my world too. And you're destroying my world. I have to live in this world with you. I have to live in this world. You have to live in the world? Fine. I have to live in the world too. Why do I have to change my values to make you comfortable? Why are you uncomfortable the way I live? I can live the way I want to live. And you live the way you want to live. I don't care what you do behind closed doors. I don't care how you live your life. It's irrelevant to me. The same way the way I live my life should be irrelevant to you. If everybody had that attitude, we wouldn't have much strife in the world. This craziness would just disappear. Live and let live. Who cares? I'm not here to judge you. You only judge is God. So if you want to live a life of debauchery, you want to live a life of of craziness, you want to pretend you're a woman or pretend you're a man or pretend you're a dog, I don't care. Do what you want to do. It doesn't bother me. It's not my business. Don't parade down the street. I don't have to see you marching down the street. I really don't care. Why are you having a parade? I just have to know that I'm living in a world where I could be accepted and I'm not going to be molested or attacked on the streets of New York or on the streets of Chicago or on the streets of Jerusalem. I have to know this. I have to be comfortable. I have to be able to live my life the way I want to live my life. Nobody lives forever, that's for sure. But in the short time that we're here on the earth, we have freedom of choice. And if I choose to live following, following Jewish values, following Torah values, and you choose to live not following those values, I have no right to judge you, and you have no right to judge me. If you weren't judging me, I wouldn't, be, I, I wouldn't have been attacked on the street. My Jewish brothers and sisters were not being attacked on the street if, if nobody was judging them. So this is my call to everybody. As we go into the Jewish New Year, look at the Ten Commandments. I'm not asking you to look at all 316 commandments. I'm not asking you to look at anything. Look at the ten, the top ten commandments. Choose one. Just one. 
and see how you could apply it to your life. See how you could spread it forward. See how you could take it and say, all right, this is how it applies to my life. This is how I'm going to change my life to follow this commandment better. And this is how I'm going to encourage my friends and family to change their lives. I'm going to lead by example. And I'm going to encourage my friends and families to change their lives because everybody who does that, everybody who changes the way that they behave, everybody who changes the way that, that they run their lives, changes the world in, in, in the most significant way. One person could change the world. That's, that's, that's the saying. Why can't it be you? Why can't it be me? It can be. We just got to do it. So, so it's a private thing. I mean, if you want to share it publicly, you could always call into the show and we could, we could talk about it. But it's a private thing. You take, you take one commandment, you look at the commandment, you say, am I doing anything to violate that commandment? Nine out of ten times, <laughs> I'd say nine out of ten times, because there's ten commandments, get it? Nine out of ten. Uh, nine out of ten times, you're going to find that, yes, there is something in your life that you're doing that violates one of the commandments. That violates the commandment you're looking at. Almost nobody's following the Ten Commandments in this world that we live in. I can't say there are very many people that I, that I could think of, unless they're extremely religious, that are following the Ten Commandments. So, so everybody should be able to find one that they could improve on. Everybody should be able to find one that they could say, ah, oh, that's the one that I'm going to, 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 to latch on to, and that's the one that I'm going to change my life to try to follow more. Once we do that, once we, we get a, a mass of people to follow and to, and to do this, man, you're going to see a massive change in the way the world runs. You're going to see a huge difference in, in, in your life and in the lives of people around you. And then, after you finish, after after you start seeing change, positive change, choose another one until you hit all ten. And when you finally hit all ten, and you're following all ten to 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 the best of your ability, and like I said, nobody is perfect. Then wow, will you see a massive change in the way the world runs? We won't accept the the perversions and the and, and the craziness that's that that's being accepted in the world today. Well, we can't accept it. It's contrary to what we believe. And I think I think we have to take we have to take a stand. I I can't imagine not taking a stand. And I think that the beginning of the year, Rosh Hashanah, is the perfect time to take that stand. You could do it in baby steps. Like I said, take one. I have to take ten. But we, we got to do it. And we got to do it as quickly as possible. Because if we wait any longer, the whole world is going to fall. The world is going to implode. The world as we know it is going to end. And that will be disastrous. Once the world is gone, there is no coming back, really. It's hard to come back. 
you know, it's easy to change things. Not so easy to rebuild things. So right now, we don't have to rebuild the world. We just have to change the way it runs. We have to change what's accepted. We have to change the idea that we accept everything that comes out of anybody's mouth as, as, as truth. We have to know what the truth is. We have to know what's good for our children and good for our grandchildren and good for the survival of the world and the survival of, uh, of humanity. We really have to look at this carefully and understand that everything that's happening in the world today is an affront, is an attack on believers. That's all it is. I was talking with someone earlier today, and we were talking about um, we we're talking about this topic actually. And and he said, "Listen," he says, "you know, when you take a look back, and uh, and and you realize that uh, that homosexual rights. I'm just going to use this as an example. It's not necessarily what I'm talking about, but I'm just going to use this as an example. That homosexual rights were." We're, we're, they started working on that. They started working on uh, on the acceptance of homosexuals as norm in society in the seventies, in the late sixties, early seventies. That, that's where it started, the movement to to normalize homosexuality. And I'm not making a judgment call on this. Uh, it's irrelevant to me either way. What you do in your bedroom behind closed doors is absolutely one hundred percent irrelevant to me. I couldn't care less. But they started in the 60s and the 70s to start normalizing that. And by the time they got to the 90s, the late 90s, it was already normalized. And today, nobody cares. So so in order to destabilize society, you got to move to the next step. And so so now it's transgenderism and, and all the other stuff that came up. Um, and so it's just a continuous, it's just a continuous cycle of, of world destabilization, which, which, to me, which to me seems a little weird. Why would people want to do that? But I guess I guess some people need need a battle. Some people need a fight, and some people need to be a counter uh, counterculture. I almost lost a word there. Counterculture. So let's take it for what it is. Let's uh, try to let's try to uh, to make the world a better place. Let's work together. There's a power in unity. And it's funny because uh, I, I don't feel, I, I really don't feel that uh, that that unity exists. I really don't feel that that there, there's a united, um, it is a united front when it comes to morality, when it comes to family values, when it comes to uh, to 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 living a a what was what used to be called a normal life. I don't think there's unity in in trying to get back there. Now I don't understand why there wouldn't be. I don't understand why 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 people wouldn't be trying striving to to get back to a, a a world where 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 men are men and women are women and uh and, and moral and family and families are families and fathers are fathers and mothers are mothers i don't i don't understand why why there's not a mass movement to get back there there should be there should be and once again i'm not saying eliminate people or, or get rid of people or, or or try to change people who don't believe in these values just saying if, if there are people out there who believe in these values and i'm sure there are tons of people out there who believe in these values we shouldn't be ashamed to express them we shouldn't be afraid to express them we shouldn't be afraid that something that something would happen 
if we express these kind of uh, if if we express these kinds of uh, of values, we shouldn't be afraid that we're going to lose our job. We shouldn't be afraid that that somebody's going to come and egg our house or come and 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 burn our house down. That shouldn't shouldn't be a fear. Even though it's been a reality for some people, it shouldn't be a fear. We should have the right to express our opinions. We should have the right to try to to try to um, to try to, to to push forward our point of view. Because if we don't, well, then we, we lost it. Then, then we just lost the battle and we lost the world. I want to wish all of you a, a Shana Tova and a, and a happy, happy New Year. Um, this is the last show before New Year, so I, I want to wish everybody a, everybody a happy New Year. And, uh, and I want to wish you a happy and healthy year. May you be inscribed in the book of life. Uh, I, 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 hope that, uh, I hope and pray that you take my words seriously and that we see a massive change in the world uh, in the near future. Howie Silberger's Political Hitman. Thank you for joining me. I'll see you again next show. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.